So, are you ready? <laughs> uh, so I have a title for my little message. This is actually an area in the Bible where I've spoken from, I'm guessing, maybe a hundred times, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of my stuff through the years was, was in the jail, uh, you know, go to the two county jails. I did both of them for close to 25 years. Now, they've kind of shut that down due to the virus. And, you know, in a way, it really hasn't, I mean, there are plenty of guys that need plenty of help. But honestly, I mean, I'd be out there two, two or three times a week, kind of, you know, week after week, year after year. And I kind of haven't missed it, I got to admit, you know. I've just been enjoyed being a part of the church and helping with the music here and doing some other stuff. I'm sure it'll open back up. But this little message today is probably something I've, I don't know, 50 plus, whatever it might be. But I got a new title for it, and it's kind of based upon that song we sang this morning. Is it Stand in Your Love? Is that the name? The title of it is No Fear Here. And fear, man, fear is a monster. And I fought with fears, and I spent, I, I want to say years and hours just going over scriptures that talked about deliverance and scriptures that talked about my standing in the Lord. And I mean, just going over them again and again and again, because I needed help, praise the Lord. Fighting with fears, fighting with insecurities, all these kind of things. God does not want us to be fear-filled. He wants us to be faith-filled. Praise God. I want to say it like this. You and I are wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And remind me when we're done, we're going to pray about fears and these things. Kevin had kind of brought that to my attention. Because a lot of us are struggling in this area. And I'm telling you, there's really two choices. There's either faith or there's fear. Faith always goes forward where fear always takes a step backwards. Praise God. Amen. Fear steps back into what you seemingly already know. Faith steps out into the unknown and simply believes God. Praise God. I, I know something, you guys. I know the Lord wants us to win. And we're going to win. Hallelujah. For the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ is ours. I want to say something to the YWAMers. You know, uh, about mission stuff years ago, when I say years ago, I mean, back in the 1990s, we did uh, a good bit of missions work over in the former Soviet Union and lived there for a while, and it was fun, man. I mean, it was great, praise God. And we had a vehicle, and we would speak in all these churches, particularly in the, country, the little country of Belarus, but it was not too long after the wall had come down. And, I mean, it was probably, I mean, even though for me that was, what, 25 years ago, is still one of the highlights of my life. I mean, it was so much fun. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, I'm looking forward for that for you guys, you know. It's just amazing sometimes, you know, when you kind of step out where you find yourself. The Lord will not let you down. I could go over story after story after story, you know, of stuff like that um, that could have gone wrong and didn't. I'll give you a quick story real quick. So anyway, so one time I was driving from, this is probably 95, 96 or something. I was driving from the little country of Belarus, which is a country about the same size as, you know, South Carolina, to the country of Moldova. And I had some, I had, uh, some good contacts in Moldova. Uh, an American friend of mine actually was there for a little while, invited me down. Anyway, so I was driving down there. For some odd reason, I, I didn't leave Belarus till it was almost dark, like 5 or 6 o'clock. <laughs> I hit the Ukrainian border, 
And, you know, they jump out and, and holler at you, do you have any guns, do you have any drugs? I'm thinking, man, if I had drugs, drugs and guns, I wouldn't be telling you about it anyway, you know. But long story made short, a border guard that wanted to ride with me, you know, some of my further journey. And at first I'm like, man, you can't do that. But I, I, I let him come, and he actually got me through some speed traps, praise the Lord. But as I got closer to Moldova, it was like a 30-hour drive. It was a long way. As I got closer, they kept telling me the bridge is out, and you're going to have to go around 300 miles to get to another way into the country. And I thought, there is no way I want to drive, you know, another 300 miles. And you would go through checkpoints as you got closer and closer, you know. I spoke some Russian, which probably helped. But anyway, I told them, hey, man, I'm not turning around. I'm going. They were letting some people through the border at that spot. And actually, the Russians were controlling the, that part of the border. But anyway, I just figured the Lord will get me through. Anyway, so we got there, and there was a river. And uh, it was a, a, a little bridge going across it. Sure enough, a Russian guy, you know, a number of Russian troops are there, a little Russian guy. <laughs> so um, I probably shouldn't tell you this part. But uh, anyway, and I kept telling him, I'm not a businessman, you know. I said, Yanni businessman, Yanni, because they think, you know, you got hundreds of dollars, this sort of stuff. Then he wanted vodka, then he wanted this, then he wanted that. We finally settled for $10. Somebody say $10. <laughs> Amen. It was worth 10 bucks to keep me from having to ride 300 miles. So anyway, I got across this little bridge, so I was supposed to meet my friend that day. There's no cell phones, I mean, at that time. I was supposed to meet him at the bread factory in a city of like 1.5 million people. I've always been a famous non-thinker kind of a fella, you know? So I'm like, okay, I, I go across this bridge. I mean, this is a huge city, you know? And like, where's the bread factory at? So I stopped at a taxi place. They call them a Stayanka. I stopped at the Stayanka. I asked him, where's the, you know, where's the bread factory? So they're like telling, well, you need to go left, you need to go right, you need to go left, you need to go right, you need to go left, and then you're there. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I'm trying to remember this stuff. Now, live in a prava, now live in a prava, priyama, it means, you know, left, right, left, right, straight, you know. And so, you know, I'm fine, and so I'm like riding along, and I, you know, trying to do my best I can to what they said. Sure enough, I came on, up on a place, and it looked like a factory, you know. And I'm like, well, maybe this is it. I mean, I didn't see a sign out front saying bread factory, it just looked like a factory, you know. I'm like, well, maybe this is it, you know, so... Anyway, so it was a Saturday, which was, there wasn't, you know, wasn't a lot of cars out front. So I thought, well, maybe this is it. So I pulled into this place and uh, got out of my car. It looked like a front door, but it was a big factory kind of a thing. So I thought, well, okay. So I walked in the front door. There's nobody there, nothing, you know. Uh, so, okay. So I walked down a hall, and then I seemed to hear some, like, voices and stuff. I'm like, oh, all right. So I, you know, turned left, whatever it was, and then all of a sudden the voices got louder, and in front of me were some doors, and I opened up the doors, and there was an auditorium, and there was my friend up on the front on the, on the, up front on the stage preaching. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so can I tell you today, the Lord will help you. Can I get a yeah? yeah. Woo, amen. amen. Anyway, I got, I got a little spot in the Bible. I'm sure you guys know, but, uh, and I said the title of my little message is, No Fear Here. Fear is not allowed. Praise God. Amen. Fear must be confronted. Amen. You know, the object of fear is always to get you to run away from your fears, yeah. praise God. But fear must be confronted. So if you wouldn't mind, look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And now, I want to say something here. Now, this will maybe a little food for thought. And this is one of those things you can look at it perhaps several different ways. 
And if you're familiar with Mark chapter 4, you know it's a, it's a parable, uh, excuse me, it's a chapter where Jesus taught about parables. Some of my favorite parables are in that chapter. But it's interesting, it's interesting to me how he ended, how the chapter kind of ends up, because it ends up with this story. Now, if you're familiar with parables, a parable is a comparison, and it's where Jesus would use a natural example to explain a spiritual truth and kingdom truths are always greater hallelujah amen in other words there's what you know there's what you see from the natural and there may be some truth in that may may be the way the situation is but god has a greater truth it is called revelation truth amen revelation truth is truth that is revealed to your heart it's where you simply know it on the inside, regardless of everything else on the, on the outside. So I'm going to do something in, in to kind of like prep this story a little bit. But we'll look at verse 30, Mark 4.30. Excuse me, we'll jump down to 33. Mark 4.33. And it's just interesting. Now, I, I realize that you could say, well, these verses deal with the parables before. But to me, the story, I, I believe every word in the Bible is there for a reason. And, you know, a lot of times with guys at the jail, I just, I just preach out of stories out of the Bible. You know, when I first started doing that years ago, I was like overly complicated. You know, I'd be telling them all these great spiritual things that I hardly had a grip on myself, you know. And finally, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to just give them stories out of the Bible because the stories spoke. They taught of the life of Jesus. And I'm telling you, everything that Jesus had did had meaning and it had purpose. So, verse 33 says, it says, With many such parables, Jesus was speaking the word to them so far as they were able to hear it. And he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. Verse 35, On that day when evening came, Jesus said to them, Let us go over to the other side. So, I want to camp out for a minute on that phrase. Now, on the surface... The phrase, let us go over to the other side, just like, well, you know, hey, man, I'm going out. We're going to go the other side. You know, we're standing here at a lake. But see, if you look at it from the aspect of that everything in the life of Jesus had reason and it had purpose and that he was constantly being directed of the Father, then you can really see a, a real meaning in this story, praise God. And so I'll put it like this, you know, because in our lives, there are plenty of things out beyond us. And the Lord never stops. He never quits in the life of an individual. The Bible says that the good things that he began, he's going to bring them to completion or perfection in the Lord. And in my mind, the kingdom of God has movement, praise God. Uh, the kingdom of God actually originates in the temple of God in heaven itself, and it flows out. In the earth, praise God. And God's desire is obviously that we flow with the flow of the Lord or flow with the kingdom. Every minute matters, praise God. I mean, you know, we at work, we like to tell jokes sometimes. <laughs> I cut up a little bit. But, you know, really, everything matters, praise the Lord. Amen. And so there's movement in the kingdom and so when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, you, I know you could look at it from just like an informational kind of a side. But I think personally, 
These are my thoughts on the subject. There's prophetic utterance there because Jesus always talked out beyond where he was at. And faith always looks into tomorrow even though you're still here in today. Fear will always take you back into yesterday. I was terrible about that, man. I mean, I'd be reliving times as teenager reliving times where I grew up, all this sort of stuff. I'm not saying that's always wrong, but I had such a backwards mindset, you know? I mean, my favorite gear was in reverse. Amen. Has anybody else been there? God's calling us to go forward, praise God. And, you know, I really believe you guys that in the end times there's a real speeding up, praise the Lord. And it almost seems like you can see that. I mean, it's like... In the news, you get over one bad thing, and then something worse comes out that seems to top the last bad thing. And you're like, wow, man. I mean, does it not seem that way over the last just, you know, four or five years, whatever it might have been? And I mean, things are just moving faster and faster and faster and faster, you know, that there's a speeding up, praise God. I've heard it put like this, that the, the darkness will grow darker, but the light will grow brighter and we're on the winning side praise god amen so god's calling us as an army as a group of people to step out beyond where we're at praise god amen yesterday is what it is today is what it is but he has a tomorrow for you and me and you'll never know the blessing of the lord you'll never know the goodness of god if you stay where you're at can i get a yeah can i get an all right can I get a woo? Amen. I like his hat, man. Did you guys see that hat? This this guy puts me to shame. Praise the Lord. What you guys you, you had on the on your car written on the window or something like that? Honk if you love Jesus. That, that is so cool, man. Man. You couldn't probably see what's written on my car. I'm going so fast, man, trying to get to work or whatever, you know. Oh, that is so great. That is so great. So let us go to the other side. In my mind, has a sense of prophetic utterance about it. You know, in, uh, in, in God's way of looking things, he calls the end from the beginning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Faith always, I want to say this, always reaches out and calls out beyond where you're at praise god amen i know where i am I'm, I'm you know i know where i'm at in my life praise god but i desire to reach out beyond where i'm at i have a, a birthday and jamie just had a birthday actually but i, I have a, we're, our birthdays are two weeks apart you know so uh, exactly two weeks and she told me not to tell any stories about her so i'll have to keep that in mind if i can remember I'm not guaranteed yeah i'm not sure i can totally remember <laughs> You know, so I'm getting a little bit older. Amen. But, you know, and you're sometimes you think like, well, you know, I've reached this point in my life, you know. But, you know, God always has something out beyond where you're at. So Jesus is saying, let us go over to the other side. And the commandment of God is always a challenge. And that's why it takes courage to fulfill the Lord. And to fulfill the plan of God. And sometimes you don't feel like it, man. I don't feel like doing nothing, you know. I don't feel like going out where beyond where I'm at, you know. We've done these outreach things. And, you know, to be honest, because all my jail stuff, I know some of these guys out there, which is good, you know. But, man, I just hadn't felt like going, you know, sometimes. But 
I'm so blessed when I go. How many times has it been when you didn't feel like going to church and then you, and then you went and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I went, you know? How many times, you know, it's like the Lord prompted you to say something to somebody about Jesus and you didn't feel like it, you know? And then you said it and it was just amazing how the door opened. And you're like, wow, you know? I've had different people where all of a sudden I spoke to and then they started to cry. I, I like this example. It was, you know, a few months back, but Jamie and I were in Food Line, I think, and we were checking out, and all of a sudden I just felt like singing Jesus Loves Me, you know? And, uh, you know, at the checkout, praise the Lord, you know? I mean, I didn't do it real loud, you know, but I'm just like, Jesus loves me. And uh, you know what? The lady at the checkout just started crying. I guess she was having a really rough day. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't take much sometimes, you know? just takes a willingness. You know what the Bible says? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Praise God. All it takes is a willing heart, you know, and just courage to step out beyond where you're at. So Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. So we'll read a little bit more here. So verse 36, leaving the crowd, they took him, Jesus, along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. There rose a fierce gale of wind so that the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. So, I mean, you know, it looks like you missed it, right? You're like, man, Lord, you know, I did that. You know, I know you wanted me to do such and such. And look at this. I got a storm, you know. What I want to say is you got to stand strong in the storm. Now, I'm speaking to me just as well as you, praise the Lord. I got I to gotta say this, you guys that probably get in trouble for it. But um, So, you know, actually, Jamie and I get along pretty good. We don't really have too many uh, tiffs. Is that a way to put it, you know? I think there was, this is probably a couple months back, but I think she got mad at me about something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have like this penchant for getting myself in trouble, you know. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't help it, man. She got mad at me about something. I, I, you know what I started doing? I started laughing, praise the Lord. Not laughing at her, of course, but I just like laughing, man. It was just like, whoo. <laughs> no, actually, it was good. Oh, I'm thinking about another time. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this, was, this, was not, this was not long after we were married, and we were in the car together. She got mad at me. <laughs> and, you know, when you're in the car together, and we were going to her parents' house, so we had a ways to go, hundreds of miles to go, and you're not speaking, it is not good. Somebody say, not good. I mean, you got a long way to go. It's nighttime, you know, and I mean, you can't hear anything. So we've gone like that, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. I started laughing, you know, <laughs> not laughing at her or the situation, but just, you know, God will always take you out beyond where you're at. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I've got a good little scripture about standing in the Lord. I think it is Acts chapter 20. Hold your spot here because we'll come back. And uh, I'm not one to go on real long. What time do you guys want to get out of here today? You know, when I get done, could that be trouble? Uh, Acts 20, 22, you guys. Acts 20, 22. Yeah, hold your spot because we'll keep coming back to Mark. We're just going to work our way through this story. I love this verse here. Man, oh man, oh man. You know, it reminds me in Ephesians where it says, having done all to stand, stand. We were at work, maybe it was Friday, and somehow the guy I work with, which, you know, I believe he loves, this is one of the guy I work with a number of people, but 
he brought out something about something about the shoes that it mentions in the book of Ephesians. And it talks about your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And from what I've read is that obviously that was referring to the Roman soldier, those verses in Ephesians 6 and how they dress. And from what I've read is that the Roman soldiers would wear shoes that had spikes in them. And the spikes would be like six inches long. And the, 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 the reason for that is, first of all, if they'd be walking down a, uh, you know, some kind of a paved road, I mean, the sound of their feet was just thundering. But another reason for that is that when they stood, it was hard to knock them over, praise God. Somebody say, I'm going to win in Jesus' mighty name, praise the Lord. I've been praying for uh, Chuck and Tina and it's so good to see him, praise God. I tell you, man, these guys are warriors for the Lord. Ooh, they're like that verse, having done all to stand, stand therefore, praise God. Amen. My feet are in the ground, hallelujah. I'm wearing what is the breastplate of righteousness, amen. I mean, my, you know, helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, all these things, having done all to stand. Stand. So let's read this here. It is in Acts chapter 20. I just love this. I love the attitude of the Apostle Paul here. He says, uh, Acts 20, 22, he says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the grace of God. Is that not powerful? Now, I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say this. You know, I think us Americans, I'm referring to myself as well, you know, we like a comfortable gospel. Woo! Amen! We like comfortable chairs. Nothing wrong with that. I, I get it, you know. I mean, we like it comfortable. We don't like to be challenged, you know. We don't want to step outside of our comfort zone too much. Praise God. We don't like our boats rocked. What was that song years ago? I was thinking about songs years ago. Yeah, don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat, you know. We don't like our boats rocked. Hallelujah. You know, you think about it now. When Jesus came out walking on the water, disciples were in the boat. And Peter said, what did he say? He said, Lord, if it be you, tell me or bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. You know, Peter was the one guy with enough unction and enough faith and enough guts, praise the Lord. You just step outside of that boat. I mean, sometimes it's sink or swim. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did I say it already? I mean, I know I did, but you'll never know the goodness of the Lord. You'll never know the blessing of God. You'll never know what God can do unless you step out beyond where you're at. And it's a minute-by-minute, day-by-day things. And some things may not seem like they matter, but little things are so big with God. Even the little lady that was in the food line at that time, you know, that's big with God, praise God, because God has plans. He has purposes for our lives, you know. So what did the Apostle Paul said? He said, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. So I want to encourage us today to have a little bit of what I like to call bulldog faith. Amen. My dog at the house is, um, he can be rather lively. 
He's uh, part, um, what is he part? He's part pit, and he's part lab, right? And I mean, he's he's got some of the pit features with the, you know, the facial features and stuff. I mean, this dog likes to rip stuff up. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, we buy him toys that supposedly are made out of the stuff that the same stuff that's in a fire hose. Does your dog like to rip anything up? I mean, my dog, man, I mean, this dog is like a ripping machine. I paid $25. Somebody say $25 at Walmart for some, uh, a bed pad for him to sleep on. He's got a little, you know, a little uh, cage we put him in at night. And, you know, I mean, it fit really perfect. It was supposedly made out of the same stuff that they make a fire hose out of. I mean, that's some strong stuff. Yeah, for about a week, he kind of didn't make much progress. But once he got the first hole, that was it, man. I mean, you know, it was like game on. I mean, he's just ripping the, the, the stuffing out left and right, you know. So when I say let us have a little bulldog faith, bulldog faith is a kind that simply grabs a hold of what the Lord has and it don't let go. Did I say that God has a plan, a purpose, and a reason for our life? I really believe that the only thing that can ever stop us is us. Can I get a year? Woo! The greatest enemy you'll ever face in life is yourself. Praise God. Amen. Your faith will be tried. You'll feel like giving up. You'll feel like quitting. I want to encourage us today. We're going to go on. Praise God. Amen. We're going to be like the Apostle Paul. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I will not quit. I will not stop. I believe the Lord. Amen. I got another good scripture for us. First Peter. This is another one of those like, wow, you know, I mean, man, oh man, oh man. So it is first Peter one, seven. You know, all this um, COVID stuff, it's just been a test and a trial. It just seems like fear is knocking on your door all the time, you know? And, you know, to be honest with you, we got to stand strong against the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. You know, if your faith, if your fears are stronger than your faith, you'll be hindered. You'll be stopped. Praise God. God is calling the body of Christ for forward motion. Amen. Praise God. The plan of God is like that river that flows out from underneath the throne of God. And you know what the Bible says about that river? It says, everything it touches shall live, praise God. And all he's calling you and I to do is simply to step into the flow of what he has for our lives on an individual basis, but on a corporate basis as well, praise God. And the only thing, I really believe this, the only thing that can ever stop us is us. Amen. And I tell you what today, if I die, I'm going to die shouting out the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. If I go down, I'm going to go down shouting out what my God can do. I want to say in this place today, my God is the almighty God. He's a God who's more than enough. He's a God who's more than able. You guys are going to get me worked up in a minute. All right. Woo. Amen. All right. Did you find that? Did you find that spot, you guys? Yes, 1 Peter 1, 7. 
that the trial of your faith, being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let me read that one more time. That the trial of your faith, being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. For faith to be real, it must be tested and tried. Amen. Everybody likes to look good in church. Woo! We got the perfect hallelujah. We got the perfect amen. You know, you never know what anybody's like until you really see them outside of church. You don't know what anybody's like until you really live with them or work with them. You guys got no idea what I'm like. Well, I'm a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you got no idea, you know? I mean, most of the time. I mean, Jamie knows. I can come up with some of the dumbest stuff. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, I can come up with all sorts of stuff to get myself in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, for faith to be faith, faith is not real. It's not authentic unless it's tried. Praise God. Amen. And in the trying of that faith, your faith can grow. You know, if you've ever done any exercising, maybe you went to the gym or you pumped some iron or something like that. You know, the muscles really don't grow unless they're broken down. That's my understanding in that as you lift that weight, it actually breaks down your muscle and then it grows back all the more stronger. It's the same way with our faith, praise God. Amen. See, we press into what the Lord has. Amen. Hallelujah. We press into the goodness of God. We always step out beyond where we're at. Amen. In the same way that gold is refined in the fire, you know, our faith is refined the same way. Amen. I tell you we're going to win, and we're going to win big. Hallelujah. I tell you we're going to knock this devil out. Amen. I used to love to say this stuff at the jail. Somebody say one, two, three. One, two, three. On the floor. And out the door. Sometimes you got to jack up that problem. Sometimes you got to jack up that sickness. Sometimes you just got to jack up all those negative thoughts that are in your mind. You got to jack them up. Boom, boy. Throw them out. Amen. Because honestly, you can't tolerate fear. It'll get the best of you every time. We've all done it. Ain't nobody's any different. We've all done it. Praise God. God wants us to get the victory over it. Hallelujah. So faith is not real. In my mind, faith is not real. It's not authentic unless it's tested and tried. But in that testing and in that trial, praise God, amen, your faith will be increased and you'll stand and you'll realize the victory that you've had in it, praise God, and God will get all the glory. Hallelujah. All right, we'll turn back and look at the rest of the story and quit in a little while. Amen. So Mark chapter 4, one more time. And I'll read 37 again. We'll go on to 38 then. Mark 4, 37. There arose a fierce gale of wind. And it's my understanding that storms could come out of the blue out of nowhere. And I mean, almost hurricane force winds. And I mean, the disciples were obviously, you know, fishermen. I mean, they knew these waters. And if they're fearful, then you know it must have been, I mean, it must have been, really must have been something. There arose a fierce gale of wind. The waves were breaking over the boat so much the boat was already filling up. 
Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They awoke him, said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? If this isn't a classic story, I don't know what is. Now, I got a question for you. Is Jesus, is he our example, yes or no? Just say yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He is definitely our example. He's called the firstborn from the dead, the firstborn among many brethren. So what was Jesus doing in the storm? He was obviously sleeping. You say, well, he was the son of God. I understand that. You know, I know that. But at the same point, he's illustrating something. He's demonstrating something. Praise God. I'll put it like this. Don't let the storm on the outside get on the inside. Because once you internalize the problem, the problem will begin to grip your life. Praise God. Amen. If you're stronger on the inside than whatever's going on on the outside, you might be perplexed at it. You, you, you realize it's there, praise God, but it doesn't get the best of you. So what was Jesus doing? He was resting. He was secure in his Father's love. Now I'll say he was trusting his Father. You can't trust whom you don't know. Hallelujah. How could Jesus trust his father? He knew his father, and he knew what his father would do. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it simply says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. You know, I really know no better way to live, praise God. Amen. I'll put it like this. Jesus was secure in his father's love. He knew his father, and he knew what his father would do. Oftentimes, the reason we're not trusting is because we simply don't know God. Praise God. Amen. Nobody's putting anybody down. They say, oh, you don't have faith. You don't have this. No, I mean, the crux of the matter is maybe you don't know God the way you need to know him. Yeah. We've all been there. Don't look at me like that, praise God. Amen. I've gone to charismatic churches for almost 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. I know how people like to act in the charismatic church like they got it all so together, you know. Hey, I found out one thing in my years of living. People are people, you know. Life is what it is, praise God. But I've got to be strong on the inside to enable me to stand no matter what comes my way. Jesus knew his father. He was secure in his father's love. I've, uh, you know, I've always kind of had dogs, uh, even growing up. And I had a couple of Shelties. Does anybody, you guys probably know what a Sheltie is, kind of a, a miniature collie. And I had uh, one, um, his name was Shalom, which means peace, you know. And uh, that was a really funny dog, you know. And uh, he liked me, but he kind of didn't like me. He was a really weird dog. In other words, like, man, I mean, he's a good dog, smart dog, but you would go out to pet him, and you know what he did? He'd kind of go back like this. <laughs> and then, then you move up another couple inches, go out to pet him a little more. He'd move back a little further like that. He was so funny. But the dog used to sleep in the bathroom that was off the, the main bedroom, you know. And uh, that bathroom was not real big in that house. And uh, he slept in this little area. And uh, when you went in there, maybe late at night, you know, um, uh, and it'd be kind of dark. There was a nightlight in there, but it'd still be kind of dark. You would look, and the dog would be laying on his back with all of his legs, you know, pointed up like that. It was so hilarious. He did not move, man. To be honest, he was so small in there. You'd be, like, stepping around him like this, you know. <laughs> that dog never flinched. That dog never moved. Why? Because he, he knew me. He trusted me. He knew I wasn't, you know, going to step 
step on him or whatever, you know. And uh, so when you know God as Father, when you know his love, his care, his provision in your life, you can be secure in that and you can rest in the storm. I saw guys in jail for years and some guys that are facing, you know, all sorts of time, 20 years plus, this kind of stuff. And the people that I saw seemingly go through their time while they're waiting to either, you know, do a plea up here at the county jail or actually get sentenced, whatever it might be. The people that I saw go through that time the best were the ones that simply had a peace about it because faith and trust is rooted and anchored in peace. Faith is never striving. That's not what it is at all. I mean, I grew up in the faith movement. I'm all about confession. I believe in all of that. But I'm telling you, if I'm striving in my faith, it's me. If I'm resting in my faith, trusting God, it's him. And he'll be there for me, praise God. I'll tell you guys a quick little story. I'm going to quit just a few minutes. Um, so there was this story, I've, I've read this, about a blimp. They used to call them uh, dirigibles, I believe. Lighter than air machines. They used them actually in World War I. The Germans used them and were really effective. They, they really bombed England uh, a lot with, um, until the English finally figured out what to do about them. But uh, with these uh, large blimps, you know, I think we've heard of the Hindenburg, this kind of thing. There was a story back in, uh, it was, you know, I don't know. I want to think the 30s, but there was a large blimp that was um, tied down. It was moored. It was in Ohio, and it was moored down to a... Um, you know, to some, whatever, they anchors, and uh, it was a large thing, and they had, um, they had servicemen helping to hold it down, and they had all sorts of ropes that kind of hung off of it, and as well as it being tied down, they had servicemen, and, you know, military guys, these guys, maybe a hundred guys all surrounding it, you know? Well, lo and behold, who knows why, maybe a wind or something, but the thing broke loose, and it just took off, you know? And, uh, you know, so a number of these guys, I mean, they're like, smart enough to let go you know and uh but some of them they waited a couple of seconds and they fell and some actually you know, some got hurt some died but it went way up in the sky and uh, there was one guy that held on and he just held on and held on and held and people on the ground watching they can't do anything they're watching this guy you know it's winds up there he's and and they just see him holding on you know well I, as i remember maybe several hours went by and they finally um, managed to get to the ground. I guess there were some people in the, uh, I want to call it a gondola, but the thing that was underneath it uh, that were able to get it down. Well, when they got it down, the, the paramedics, everybody ran over to this guy because they think he's got to be absolutely exhausted, you know? So they run over to this guy, you know, how are you doing? But the guy's like, ah, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. They, you know, they want to put him on the stretcher, take him, get him examined in the hospital, whatever. The guy's like, no, I'm fine, you know? So finally, you know, well, what happened? They asked the guy. And the guy says, well, you know, when it took off, and he said, I realized I was too far away from the earth to, you know, fall without, you know, getting hurt, dying, whatever. He said, I just began to, you know, climb up on that rope. And he said, I managed to hold on with one hand, and I took my other hand, and I tied the rope around me. And he said, really, you know, I was just up there enjoying the view. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's a little thought to that story because... When you know God, praise God. Amen. What's the old saying, you guys? Let go and let God, praise God. When you truly trust him, you'll find out how much he loves you, praise God. Oftentimes, it's the problems that we hold on to is what beat us up in life. 
What does the Bible say? Casting your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. What does it say? Cast your burdens upon the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Praise God. Amen. I just want to say today, I'm at peace. I'm content. There's a verse in the Bible that says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patient. I know no better way to live. All right, we'll finish this out, you guys. So Jesus was in the stern, verse 38, sleep on the cushion. They awoke him, said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He got up, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Hush, be still. The wind died down. It became perfectly calm. Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I believe it's Bill Johnson. I really you know, esteem him. He said, uh, you can't speak to the storms of your life peace, basically, if you don't have the peace of God on the inside. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say? It says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you will. It drops down. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things, there is no law. Praise God. Amen. I, I, I'm convinced, you guys. I'm convinced that God wants us to learn to live our lives from the inside out. My favorite verse, I've said it in here practically every time I get a chance to speak, is simply, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That simply means that the God that's on the inside of me is bigger, greater, more mighty than anything and everything that might come against us, praise God. And I believe that, you guys. So I want to encourage all of us, hallelujah. Somebody say, no fear here. No fear here. In Jesus' name. name. What does the Bible say? We've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but of an adoption, whereby I cry, have a father. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Hallelujah. Will you guys go ahead and stand up? We'll we'll pray and close it out. And then I'm going to ask if anybody after we close it out, that wants prayer. Maybe you're just dealing with some fears, man. You're just dealing with some insecurities. Come on up front. I'll pray. Carol will pray. Um, Chuck, if he has time, I'd really like for him to pray as well. He's a real man of faith. And um, Father, we love you today, dear Lord. We thank you that we can stand strong in you and in the strength of your might. We thank you that you're God. Hallelujah that you're God to us today, dear Lord. We thank you for your love, for your care, for your provision, dear Father. Help us to stand strong, rooted, and grounded in you. The Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Our eyes are heavenward today, dear Lord. We're looking at you this morning. We believe that no matter what the test and the trial is, that you'll take us through. We know the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'll fear no evil for you're with me your rod and your staff they comfort me we know the Bible says that you'll never leave us nor forsake us we thank you that we're secure in your love and your care 
and your provision. Would you guys say this, please? Say, Father God, take my life. Use my life. Let your will be done with my life. Not my will, but God's be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Anybody wants prayer? Come on up. God bless you guys.